I have struggled to put this um, next episode out. Don't be frightened. It will not seem... It might not even be... I mean, it's sad. It might not even be that much more depressing than our typical subject matter. Um, But it was for me. Uh, I assume it was for Dan, too, since it's quite literally and objectively him telling his personal story. And I alluded to, you know, how I relate to it, but I don't even think I realized until listening back to it how much it really was touching on my... It is not hyperbole to say my my deepest fears, which is that um, my shortcomings will cause me to lose the person that I love, Um, which is something that, you know, it's... It's deep down inside past like the point where rationality even matters. But in the real world that has manifested itself, the way it does present a threat is through the things that we're talking about. And it was hard to get out there, but this is part of the um, experience of uh, being one of the two male receptionists. It is... You know, sometimes we laugh about our plight, and sometimes we laugh a little about our plight. And hopefully someday we'd fix our plight. But in the meantime, it causes a lot of insecurity and anxiety. And it's it's uh, it's really, I mean, in my adult lifetime, they're not recurring things, so it's not as bad as it might sound, but... When I have had nightmares in my adult life, they have been about me failing in my relationship with my wife. And that's true. That's that's 100% what my adult nightmares have been because that is... I mean, I'm still terrified of death, but you're kind of forced with every day you get older to become more and more apathetic to that. And uh, the one thing that transcends that degradation of time has been my relationship. And um, it's the thing that I really cherish beyond anything else. And it's the thing that I am most afraid of losing. Although, another thing about it, I do wake up screaming in fear of my inevitable end sometimes. So I'm not being totally honest. But those are the two things, for sure. Those are the two things. Anyway, um, enjoy our comedy podcast! What we've got here is... Two male receptionists. Okay, so where were we at in my, uh, my tales of heartbreak and woe? So, I mean, we don't need to do it for the audience. You can just be natural, but... you. So you were trying to decide how to proceed? Oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, I can, give the, I can, like... give, the, I can give the footnotes version to catch the audience up if I'm Nah, fuck them. So, what would it look like is what I asked you. 
to have your shit together. So basically somebody was like, yeah, what do you, what do you want out of life in, in terms of, you know, future planning and everything like that? You know, somebody, I was like, well, but to be, to be fair, we're talking specifically more like careers, like what you want out of life. I, I feel career, like it sounds yeah, yeah, more, yeah, yeah. I don't want to uh, cheapen it by not by giving you that metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this woman I love said, what is your plan for the future? Basically in terms of career and future planning, things like that. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Practical matters. What are you going to do with the big boy pants? When are you going to put those on? And, uh, and I've always fancied myself, if I'm not just a receptionist, I'm an actor, comedian, writer, musician guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized my girlfriend had seen me do virtually none of those things, mm. you know, in our time together. Some, some of them, but not like pursue with a passion, you know? Right. Not like, oh, this guy's really trying to do those things. And so if I'm not just a receptionist, what am I? Well, I need to do some of those damn things. You know, and it really, or what did you want out of a career? And I'm like, well, it's not like an office job necessarily somewhere else is going to make me happy or fulfill me, even if it'll provide more money. What I really wanted to do, if I thought about it, was I want to have tried. You know, mm-hmm. I I studied theater and music all through school and, and after, and, I've, and I succeeded in when I actually applied myself. And then I moved out here and I spent all my time being poor and grinding and just trying to survive. And I when never did tried. you move out here? Eight years ago. Okay, so most of the time you've been at the vet. Yeah, like I've been there for like five years. I guess it would have to be most of the time. It would have been a long time. Yeah. 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 Yep. And so. Because in the time I have known you, mm. I was was like, I mean, I I tried to encourage. I felt like you uh, were a talented joke writer, and I was surprised that you weren't trying to do more stand-up stuff um i think because a lot of people whether it's true or not it's easy to fall back on like self-hatred but i think you think relatively highly of yourself so you got that going for you i mean it's it's it can can both exist simultaneously yes (laughs) without question okay good because i I feel that yeah yeah no i think that's i think that's where we all are to some extent alternating between like oh yeah yeah deep you know deep self hatred and what? pure narcissism I'm, I'm all right it's no there's also sometimes because it's like i'm pretty great and i'm better than these other people and then there's other times it's like you know what there's that healthy like you know what i'm okay things are okay and i'm okay and things are actually good even if they're not great and gratefulness is the key to that feeling and then oh you're taking it uh, i mean i like where you're going but i'm starting to not relate to it as much um these are fleeting moments i'm just saying there's no no i I, scale of okay doing okay yeah yeah and i got you my version is just slightly different where it's more like i'm not any worse than those things all right relative to what we got going on in this world not so bad right right and so this is where i think you can get this this idea of like surviving was good enough like sometimes i i've always found (laughs) i've always prided myself on being able to get by with less than others and Mm -hmm. again that does have to do with being grateful for what you got and i think that that is a healthy outlook to have in the world you know is to be to to be grateful allows you greater access to happiness than not being grateful you know i mean i think they have because you can't always control your circumstances it sounds really uh ridiculous to say they have shown scientifically but i I believe they have shown 
social scientifically <laughs> uh that that's like the number one thing that will make a difference like the the biggest the most effective yeah. thing to add to your life to it's add more happiness is add gratefulness yeah exactly and so i think that for a long time throughout own pers- my own personal struggles and the struggles of the world you know you uh this ability to to be grateful with less and to be able to just survive and and get by i i prided myself on for a while pride myself for being able to get by with less <laughs> like i'm just too and, fucking good at being yeah, grateful uh, too, too fucking good i'm a grateful at, superstar exactly, exactly but you know you're kind of content to grind and and you feel the world beating down on you and you're like but you know what i'm still surviving and i'm still getting there and and i'm i'm enduring and withstanding the grind and that's not you know for a lot of people that's not saying nothing. That's an achievement in and of itself. To be Especially to when that. you have a really shitty job. Yeah. Or a shitty family circumstance or a shitty whatever circumstance, wherever it's coming from, health circumstance, whatever. And so while that's admirable, and sometimes I think that can be enough for some people, I'm a dreamer, Johnny. And I, and I grew complacent, you see. And I definitely grew content to s- survive, and that was it. And... And as a comedian personality of the male species, the comedian is the slowest to mature. And so, and so a combination of those factors, all of a sudden somebody's like, what do you want in your life? And you're like, fuck, I want to have tried. What does trying actually look like? Well, when, and, and when you start to look at it, you're like, well, you know, you need to get into the rooms. You need to actually, if you're for, for, it's going to be a scattershot thing. I do want to do some writing. I do want to do some performing, you know, some stand up, some acting, some of the Shakespeare, whatever. I've, I've done it all and I'd like to do it again. But when somebody's asking, when that's the answer to somebody saying, what's your plan for financial security in the to future? To have tried. <laughs> to have tried or to say, pursue a career in the industry or in, you know, the arts. I think that is an unfair bias that exists in right. culture in general right because as she said it sounds she, not plausible it sounds when not in plausible. fact in the middle of la it could be as plausible as anything especially else. when you're as talented as me so exactly <laughs> which is like i don't even know what that looks like i don't know what like security or, or, or she's like now the thing i know about the industry is that there's not really a ceiling to that like in her business world there's a ceiling to you know mm-hmm. what she could be making stuff but it's it's consistent and it's a, it's a high <laughs> sure. ceiling um and so it's tough because i had to give the answer that was you know, want, she wanted the answer. What do you need to, what do you need to do to be true to you? You know, and I felt like I gave some of that, but it also knowing that it wasn't the answer that she wanted to hear in terms of financial security and stuff moving forward. Cause it's kind of like, oh, so you need to actually chase your pipe dream. But is it that much different than your idea? I mean, the only difference is that. Well, again, I, th- I think it was it is the most practical thing. I'm like, I don't think there's an office job waiting for me right now where I can make twenty or thirty more grand a year. And yeah. I was like, literally, the best case if I'm going to try to bank thirty more grand this year, I should I should say thank you in a McDonald's commercial and hope it gets picked up for two cycles, like you know, and try to do everything closely related to that. You know, using my skill set, that's what I should do, um, and that would that would answer what <laughs> I wanted to do to a certain extent. Not being a McDonald's commercial, but you get it. Can I say this real quick, which was not the most important thing i was thinking but just real quick as far as like if that like when just because you threw out the number 20 grand like if that was legitimately a goal like you could find another regular job that i mean you're not gonna instantly make like 150 grand but if your goal is to go from like 30 to 50 or whatever the number would be 
Can that probably you? would be doable. Well, so this is what she was looking at. Now, this this woman makes a... And you'd, the thing is also, you'd ultimately end up, once you get over that hump, Yeah. your day-to-day life is going to be the same as it is now. So you would still have, hypothetically, as much time to pursue whatever you are trying to pursue right, now. Right, right. I mean, everybody talks about you know, the flexibility, too. Like, if you're going to be a waiter if you had to go on auditions or whatever right. things but even even that i was considering i'm very like, much waiter. talking to myself as yeah, well yeah, i want to be clear. i believe you um because i was like even waiters i, I even post that i was like even like you know a waiter could you, they may do a lot better here they make you know actual minimum wage yeah, absolutely. And, and tips and well how many actors have been, like you know yeah. supported themselves as yeah. being waiters and she years? was like but that's but then again like waiting tables isn't the type of like future career type of thing she was trying to hear either um you know, so but but at one point in a follow up talk, this woman left. By the way, for our listeners, the the financial security was very important. Um, and so in follow up talk, she's like, I mean, really, was what the she's a she's a wealthy, hardworking businesswoman, and all of her peers are are the same. And she was not even it's not even necessarily like you don't make enough money for me to to be with you. It is about drive and it's about about direction. It's not just gold digging, you know. Uh, she's looking for a financial equal and. An equal in life, and that that makes sense to me. Like she's like, I don't want to have to worry about my partner's finances at this stage in life. Like if we wanted to go on a trip somewhere, you know, you could have you could buy a plane ticket, or if we wanted to go out to dinner. <coughs> this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. This is what Camus was talking about when you talked about nausea. You gotta suffer for your art. But is anyone even going to listen to this? And if they do, do they care? Hey, you at home. Yeah, I'm talking to you. If you like what we're doing here, let us know. Give us a review on iTunes or the podcast app or whatever the thing is. Uh, wow, I, I really made myself sick. Um, or give us a, an email. Send it on over to a mail receptionist at Gmail. Maybe we'll give you advice if you want it. Ask a question. I don't appear to be the most together person right now, but uh, it's just some, you know, it's just some intense, intense anxiety. No biggie. We'll get past it. All right, you guys ready to go back out there? Or something. You know, it's like yeah. that shit hurts to hear, but it's it's very true. And, you know, like you, you mean you can't really roll your eyes at it if a woman's like financial security is important to me, you know, or or, or somebody with. No. A, a and also, I mean, obviously, it makes sense that you say a woman, but I'm just going to point out anyone. Yeah. yeah. And there's somebody wants an equal, you know. I know there's, there's some traditional values that sneak in there, too. And cultural values. She's also a tiny Taiwanese woman. And, you know, her parents want her to be with a guy that can provide for her. That cannot be ignored. The I mean, fact that I'm not, I don't have their approval is, you know, it's like everybody, I know the Don't you get some happen. points for being white? <laughs> I mean, in all no, honesty? No, I don't. No, really? I don't. No, opposite of that. Um, yeah. Fucking reverse racism. It, uh, and, and all like the, the, the treating well and the, the being happy in the relationship stuff is, uh, is what kept me around. It's <laughs> what it would, uh, that's all the personality things. That's your forte. That is my forte. Yeah, all that stuff's pretty damn intact. Sure. Um, but at the stage where somebody's thirty-two and they're thinking, "Holy shit, I'm out!" Like one to three years 
of looking at like maybe having a baby in a house like the closer the more intimate we got in the relationship it was more like oh this is going to be husband wife territory and things like biology like biology set in and you know there's some that's a really weird thing and it's very unfortunate yeah yeah i think our society does not match the biology with that regard yeah we still are very much limited yeah anyway continue well you just can't date somebody in your between the ages of 30 and 35 30 and 40 you can't date somebody without the questions of marriage and kids being on the table like everybody's just at that point in their life if you're still single yeah or kids or yes people are people are talking about those things and you know i thought for the the, for the listeners out there who enjoy heartbreak i thought you know it was pretty miraculous that we had the the falling in love thing when we were 32 and 31 at the time and and that seems seem to maintain still does but other factors is the age the miraculous part the falling in love is always miraculous in yeah and of that's itself, fair, but, but that it also i think happened i kind of take myself out of the dating scene for a while and i was kind of new back to it and she was doing the same and it was just like holy shit we are at this age where we're starting to think about the future and having a partner for life and all those things you know and and it seems like we got it here and that was that seemed kind of the timing of it seemed miraculous until the timing kind of changed for her the priorities where she was like you know i wish i'd met you when i was 27 none of this would matter but now i'm realizing all these other things that are are important yeah i guess i'm trying to nail down the timing part out of curiosity is it because is there an element where it's like what's miraculous is as women approach 40 they are going to look for things that are less your tight five for Letterman. Is that what you were surprised by? Oh. I don't get the the part where you were surprised, other than just, you know, the oh, no. human contact. Yeah, no. Miracle the, of- the, the miracle of human contact, and for sure. Um, not just human contact. Uh, but yeah, all, the, all that, uh, the miracle of, of sharing some intimacy with somebody that it seems to, you know, to love and be loved, all that. Sure, yeah. No, that goes without saying. Right, right. Um, what was the 31 part? I just don't, I just can, I oh, just don't just, understand. It's just that. Is it less likely when you're 31? No, it's just that we've both been kind of date. We've both been in the dating pool and dating different people. And we're just becoming downtrodden that like, man, it's, it's all kind of shallow and lonely out there. And it doesn't seem too possible that, that the type of love you're looking for is actually out there when I'm looking for it at this age, you know? I see. And then when it happened, we're like, holy shit. It actually happened like right now. So people are, it's a realistic thing that people are that jaded that at 31, you've already felt like happiness is impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you're alive, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I I get it. I just, I was, I was just trying to. But a happily married man. Nail down the details of it. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, it, I, as as people were, you know, there's that peculiar thing where people are like, so she left you because you didn't make enough money? What a bitch, that gold digger. And it's like, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I spend, you know, definitely part of that gold digging accusing thing is in there. It, it's hard to ignore. But at the same time, I feel like I spend like 95% of my time kind of defending her side where I'm like, no, I yeah. think she deserves a man with direction. I think she deserves an equal. She deserves all that stuff. Again, this is all because I love this. Or woman. does she deserve you specifically to... Do that. There's the other thing. If we're speaking to her practical side, because this is obviously born of a lot of practicalities, it's like, so what's your other game plan then? Are you going to go 
if not gold digging, like you're gonna go like find a guy who's wealthy that you can like. If, it's as funny as me, cause it's good as funny luck. as me, cause good fucking luck. Um, again, this this woman's actually never used the L word in any other boyfriend relationship either. So it's like, so you're really gonna up? You've been alive for 31 years, and this is the first time you've had something this special. So in the right. next year or two, because it seems like you're on a tight clock right now, if right. you can't wait for me to get it together, that you're what's the you're gonna compromise on something. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, probably. I'm like, well, I don't know. Good luck to you. T- I mean, good luck to me trying to get my shit together. Yeah. But good luck to you for that too. You know. And I don't know. It doesn't. It's there's it's a it's a mess. At the same time, imagine because this is kind of what I what I originally proposed when she's like, hey, I think it's important to me that you step up your shit financially and in life. What's your plan? And part of the plan was if if I was to pursue some of my passions and try to you know actually you know step up to the plate and show this woman that I, I was capable of providing show some real gusto that if i was pursuing anything in the industry right there's going to be successes and failures mm-hmm. right and so the one thing i couldn't give obviously that couldn't happen overnight i would she would have to compromise on time i would have to say you need to give me time to make this happen call it a year if i had any failures in that time and i would any of those failures would feel like a step closer towards losing the relationship, right? And that would put a lot of pressure but, on me. Yeah, but would it feel like that, like more so than just the alternative of not again, doing anything? Again, I was willing to step up to the plate to find out. I'm going, yeah, that would yeah. be a lot of really tough pressure. I'm willing to do it. Like, is it really? Because f- she's like, you deserve to pursue your your stuff at your pace. Like. You have every right to do that. And while she's right about that, I'm like, you know what? My pace has been too slow. <laughs> like, I get, I've been complacent and you're shaking me out of that. And so, like, I'm willing to do the work. You just have to allow me the time. And quickly, you know, within like about two weeks, as she was mulling it over, she's like, I don't, I don't think I have the time. But how many auditions did you go on in those two weeks? Oh, I mean, absolutely none. We were still just, you know, talking but, about if this is even going to be. But know, I mean, like, you could just start like if it's okay to fail which it is like maybe she just wants to see you fail maybe that would be enough yeah i mean i was really hoping like look if there's one thing i've learned about women is that you fail is they want to see you fail when the alternative is seeing you do nothing yes then absolutely they want to see you fail yeah I suppose they'd like, I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing they would like it if you succeeded at something. I don't know. It's all hypothetical for me. Yeah. But, uh. No, I, I felt like we were still in like the, the, uh, the initial stages of that talk even before it was like, no, I think, I think this is actually, if you're asking me like what I want, I think this is what I want. And then it's kind of like, for sure. Work. Um, I'm just saying you don't need to have that. You could just start failing. You could just go out and start failing. In many ways, need- I feel like I already have. Yeah. <laughs> You don't need to finish, you know, whatever the the talk is, yeah, or have closure on something, yeah. You just go out right now and start failing. Don't try to inspire me, you piece of shit. <laughs> That's the most inspirational thing I've ever said. I know, you I can know. Go out right I'm, now and I'm just very start failing. Comfortable with it, it really. Rain in the Tony Robbins over there. Um. <laughs> but isn't it true? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't you think it would have made a difference if you just failed at a bunch of stuff? In those two weeks? No. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. I mean, well, well that's kind of, that's an important difference. Yeah. Today. No. Um, but maybe. But no, I, I just didn't all even feel like it. Like it was like in those two weeks, I'd even given like, yeah, I don't know. We were still just like talking as a couple about like 
planning for the future and stuff. I don't know. And and I had mostly it was just like I had to own up to being complacent. Yeah. You know. Um. And again, I have like I have my reasons. You know. Uh. Not to not to make excuses, but I was I was also telling her like because she would say that every every test she ever took growing up. All of her financial future depended on it. Like all of her future depended on every test, mm-hmm. how well she did on it. That's that's just the pressure that she grew up with. Um, and it's the same thing with all of her friends. And that's why all of her friends were all straight A's. All of her friends are Asian. And they're all straight A's. They all got great grades and they all have great jobs. And they're all very f- successful because financial security was like number one mm-hmm. in, in their family and in, in, in the culture that she grew up in. And I say in my family... And I've, I've since checked on this just to make sure I wasn't making this up. But I, when I thought about it, I go, I don't, the words like future or career or finance never came up a single time. Mm-hmm. Not once. For, and there's four kids in my family. Like nobody ever talked about future planning or having a career or financial security. Just those words were, did not exist in my childhood. If there was anything that we were taught to do, it was to build up our treasures in heaven. And that would, it was like, if my parents had their druthers, I would be a missionary in Africa. And how would I live? Off the church donations of some, <laughs> of, of probably Americans, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, so for the longest time, I didn't, I, I still like about my personality that I don't want money. I don't lust for money. I don't crave for it, you know, to a fault. I guess this, <laughs> right. Well, that, that's the thing is how much do you actually like that about yourself? I mean, a lot I get less this. now. <laughs> yeah, a lot significantly but, less. I mean, I know. I mean, I can say I relate to a lot of it. I know that I have always, while it's always been true, I have never liked that about myself, mm. and I, it has always made me unhappy to not have money. Yes, or yeah. to not uh, be interested in having more. You like, yeah. wish you had a greater drive to have more money. See, where, yeah, whereas I've, I've, I've kind well, of liked that. No, no, that's myself, not. But. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. No, but uh, at a certain point, too, like this is a, as shitty as the whole thing is. I keep going or people try to make excuses for me. I, I keep coming back to like, this would be a mistake to ignore this moment as a lesson in maturity. You know, like at a crossroads, it's time to step up. And uh Yeah. It's, it's, it's Why do you use the word maturity? What does that mean? Because I feel immature. Because comparatively, I mean, because like you look at, I'm 33 years old. And so uh, the 32 year old girlfriend whom I love left me because she wants to be with a guy who's her age, but at like all the well, people. you're pretty that, close. I'm pretty age, pretty close, but her age and her status that they can like exist in the same. I don't live in the same world that she does, mm-hmm. you know, and and that all of her friends do. And I also didn't realize the cost that that was taking on her is that you know when she talks to her her mom especially or some yeah. of her friends and stuff when she talks about me, you know, what does he do? Comes up, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's and if if he's just a receptionist, it's like oh, huh. You know, at this point, they're like, because it seemed like I was going to be the guy. Then, like, well, where is he going in life? You know, that has a cause. She basically has to explain me, you know. And and she said that all of her friends and they, they, she's never been happier. But she has to let them know that, too, you know, that he treats me really well and I've never been happier. But mm-hmm. it's at a cost, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to fully appreciate that 
till it's kind of too late. But that's a sh- it's it's a shitty thing to tell somebody or to to hear, but it's real, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's also shitty to be. I guess this is what I was trying to say: is isn't it shitty for you? Don't you feel like you have to explain yourself sometimes? Yes. Because I know I fucking do. This podcast is named after my insecurities with my position. Yes. And believe me, honestly, it made it. The fact that you've named this podcast female reception. Oh, no. Am I to blame for this whole thing? No, Uh, no. no, But it came up where, like, in some of those heartfelt talks, I realized that I, because I would use, I was like, yo, you fell in love with the receptionist. Like, you knew that to begin with. Like, you knew who I was. So I don't understand the sea change. And she was basically saying, she's like, right. She's like, I'm the one that threw a change. I'm the one that had the priorities changed. I'm the one that changed. You were, I mean, she's like, you were great. She's like, I, I'm the one that realized that I, I wanted these other things. Um, the trappings of the world type of things. But again, I don't think it's a personality flaw for her to want that. She's earned those it things doesn't sound, in her own right. I don't know if trappings of the world. I think it's got a connotation that's maybe not. No, I'm sorry. It's a little judgmental. But it I think maybe more like 401k. I'm allowed some fucking bitterness, yes. But 401k, things like retirement fund, that came up. Um, but at the same time, I was definitely using the word receptionist like a cudgel. Because as as before, I almost wouldn't use it. I'd say like, uh, animal hospital worker. Yeah. You know, something like that where people go, oh, maybe he actually is really saving dog lives. No, I'm a fucking receptionist. <laughs> and so taking ownership of that is... In the same way, she's like, she's, when I was talking about being complacent and not actually pursuing artistic goals and stuff like that, she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. She's like, I don't think that you're lazy. I just think that, you know, we have a difference of what work ethic is. And she's absolutely right about that. But I also said, no, you're wrong. I am lazy. <laughs> if, yeah. if I'm going to change that, I do have to take ownership of that as well, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the most important thing that's going to determine success in any realm is just honest. It's just how much like energy and hustle you're putting into it, whether it's, you know, working a typical job or whether it's doing stand up or whatever it is. Like Carlos Mencia is a millionaire. You know, there's a lot of funny people who you've never heard. Yeah. So it's good to be not terrible, but uh, no matter what, it comes down to like not being lazy. Mm-hmm. She was even saying, she's like, I believe in you and you can be successful. I believe you'll be successful in, you know, your own pursuits. And she's like, but I don't know exactly how much time it'll take. She's like, I'll say that you, when I do have a different, even if you met him, you know, doubled down and really put it on all your gusto. She's like, we do have different, different ideas of what work ethic is. She mm-hmm. has crazy Asian work ethic. I have entitled white guy work ethic, you know? Can I ask, it's, it sounds like a joke, but it's an honest question, is how much marijuana does she smoke? Not much. Yeah, well, do you not see the problem there? Yeah, she should smoke more. Exactly. Bring her down to my level. That's what I'm saying. Because it sounds like maybe there are certain things. I know there's a lot of values that I have that I struggle with, like how much it actually is my value and how much like it's imposed on me um, or how much I just pretend to value it because it's easier because i know other people are gonna value it like what uh well uh i mean i don't know if this is necessarily true of me because i would like to have a lot of money but for example let's say you're someone who doesn't need a lot of money um it's hard to 
like you have to defend that position too though because yes. you you have other like normal friends who are like what's going on dude and it, it becomes i mean i guess it's sort of what you're saying with her but like i feel like it happens personally too it's like it's hard to explain like your your philosophy to people all the time so sometimes it's easier to just adopt the values of right, the, of right. the culture well, and then in that time to you also like anytime you're trying to explain your lack of pursuit of money to people as a like a personal philosophy you're like half talking to yourself about it <laughs> yeah. it's depressing do i really feel this way i'm just making excuses um yeah. well yeah i mean that's that is part of it like how much do you then you then you have to ask like what yeah do i really live See, by it's this a principle mixture. of, of I, I think it's a mixture point. is you probably could use some healthy uh, if you both smoked the same amount of weed <laughs> I think, you know, there's something there. I mean, Johnny, I, like she, I love this woman so much, I would give it up. That's not... What I, no, okay, I mean, it's nice to hear. It's also nice Let's to not hear. get crazy. Try my idea first with the smoking of the more weed for everyone, and then... Nah, uh, I've already tried that. If her initial inclination was to be happy with you, then it sounds like these... Uh, like the the values that you're talking about are not necessarily what she's naturally inclined to have. Yeah. But it is difficult to not have them when everyone around you does. Yes. Yes. Yep. So at one point, you know, when I was, you asked originally, like, what would it even look like for you to have your shit together? If hypothetically, because this woman's still like, I still love you, even though I don't think we can be together right now. What would it look like if I ever came back and was like, hey, ta-da, I have my shit together. How about now? Because I asked her about that, basically. And she was like, well, what do you want, like a number? And I was like, sure, why not? She said, 60 grand. And I said, it's doable. Mm-hmm. It's achievable. I don't know exactly how, but it's doable. If our listeners could write in with some suggestions, how a receptionist could make at about... <clears throat> 30 uh, grand to his uh, his he, salary. Uh, I mean, couldn't you just work at, at a rest? I mean, aren't there waiters who do that? That's what I was thinking, yeah. I don't know. That's what I think every time I go out to eat. I'm like, this fucking guy is making twice as much. I'm not going to fuck, fuck yeah. you. I know. I'm wondering, why do you think you can do pretty well for yourself at IHOP? Um. Well, with the minimum wage, too, that's going to be $15 an hour. Like, I think... Relative to other things, those jobs that rely a lot on tips, I would assume, are going to benefit greatly. Yeah. Because if you're guaranteed that, and then it, I think a lot still, of times it's still like nine or something. There's like a loophole, but I'm not sure. If you if there's tips involved, yeah. Hmm. But still, but, but, but I think sixty yeah. is a tough but doable thing. Right. It's kind of a mind fuck. Because I'm like, well, it's achievable, and I. But oh, okay. Um. But I guess the issue is what you want to be doing is not something where there's a linear progression. Right. It's more of a boom and bust economy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, it's a trip because I'm like, that's achievable. And at the same time, it is, it is meeting the standards that she's talking about. It's like being able to go on a plane, you know, <laughs> being able to have a little bit of a, it's just to start putting towards some retirement, you know? Yeah. The thing about being around i think the reason the biggest financial benefit to sending your kid to private school and this is the type of thing i i love to talk about which is like 
what people don't realize probably is actually going on in their head is when you don't learn that it's when it's not normalized to be less than successful it's easy to just think that's a natural thing to do and to continue to be successful it literally to your economic well-being is dangerous to be around poor people who still have interesting personalities or are still good people because then you realize it's possible to not have the world fall down around you and not be making a lot of money. But as soon as you do that, it becomes harder to motivate yourself to then make money, which is still going to be cool. It's still yeah. going to be a good thing to have no matter yeah. what, you know. Can I tell you, this is this is what she said about all my friends. She was like, it's funny because she's like, Dan, all, she's like, she's like, it's true that like, yes, all my friends are successful. Like literally all of them are successful. She's like, but all of your friends are cool. <laughs> and I thought about it. And I was like, my friends are pretty cool. They're all musicians. They all Do drugs. <laughs> what else is that? Isn't that, isn't that all types of That's cool? pretty much it, yeah. You play music. You do some drugs. I don't know what cool means. Um, but I know that my friends are pretty cool and that they're not successful. <laughs> and, that, and that her friends aren't cool. I've met them. And they yeah. are successful. <laughs> I don't, it's not that they're not nice, fun, interesting people, but they're not cool. They're uh, they're pretty boring. They're blasé. They're Manila. I don't think that's what they are. Some of them are from Manila. No, okay, sorry. This is a joke. This is the the idea. Hi, I'm George Norrie from the nationally syndicated radio show Coast to Coast AM, and I created ParanormalDate.com. I did it because of my listeners. They would come up to me at various speaking engagements all around the country, and they'd come up and say, hey, George, we want to meet people of like minds, people who are into science, ghosts, UFOs, alternative medicine, conspiracies. We want to meet people like that. We might even want to date them, but we have no place to go. So I went, hmm, paranormaldate.com. That's what I'll put together, where people from all over the planet can get together and maybe meet up. It's free to join. Just go to ParanormalDate.com. And if you want to stay in contact with someone, there's a small monthly fee. But if you use the code GEORGE, you get a huge discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. So we're catching people up. Now you're up to speed. Yeah, now you're up to speed. And we're back. And we're back. What were you we saying? She's not good enough at life. Is the thing that we were saying is sometimes you want to be good at life, and then the people around you go, "You're not." Felt like that this a- is what I keep coming back to, but uh, I don't know if it's quite gotten expressed eloquently enough. But how how much different are her goals than your goals, honestly? Because I have a suspicion, right, that they are not. Even though you haven't given me any indication right. to think that, and I'm 100% going off of my own personal life experience, and mm-hmm. I'm applying it to you, mm-hmm. I'm going to say I think there's a good chance they're not that much different. Well, so she has goals. Okay, never mind. That's that, it. The theory falls. That's yeah. the problem, is that she has them. Right. And I need some. But you have a vague idea that you yeah. would enjoy the same thing, ultimately. Yes, yeah. yeah. Especially upon the losing of this relationship, I'm like, holy shit, I think... I think I do want some settling down action myself. A lot of guys would be embracing this single thing. I mean, when you look 
you sound like me when you have this package yeah quite literally <laughs> you really you want to take it out on the town johnny thank and I'm just- god <laughs> thank god i got dumped i can finally go out because Every- the thing is you're a good guy so you didn't want to like Thanks. you know you didn't want to uh take those no but- thro- throngs throngs of women anyway you you go yes I threw myself off with throngs. I'm pretty sure it's a word, though. Yeah. No, it's the thing you pick pick up hot plates with it. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Uh, But not excited to be single, ladies. I'm sorry to hear it. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah, not not thrilled. But if you do have that moment, because I'll tell you, I was on that cusp of like, holy shit, I think this is going to be that marriage relationship. And you do have that thing as in that in that relationship, you go, is it? Is this it for the single game? Is this is it over? Am I never gonna nobody else? Just this one person? Whew. I didn't even get to say goodbye to the single game. Okay. Alright. I guess I guess goodbye. And you have a little bit of that that resentment in your heart and in your loins. They're like, well, alright. And then now, now I'm back. I'm like, I don't even appreciate it. One the more stuff. coke addled like, trip to the strip. Exactly. Bug. No. Um But now I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can go. Yeah, well, of course, of course, you don't appreciate it. No. Well, I mean, I guess I I appreciate it for sure. I definitely appreciate it. But it was that there's a little bit of that lingering suspicion out there still, like a little bit of that. Oh, goodbye, single game. Poor little fella. And then, uh, I mean, big, big fella, big, 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 huge fella, huge, learned fella. yeah, well, there are mitigating factors to everything. That's why you can never have an emotion that's too that's strong. True. That's true. So now comes the exciting, this was the, the Howard Stern part of the show, is that I'm, I'm going to see this woman again, hypothetically, this weekend. And what's going to happen there? What are your goals? I have to have those again? I thought we just <laughs> said that she could have those, and I could just hate myself. Well... Yeah, I mean, you can just oh, okay. adopt other people's goals, which is what a lot of people do. That's true. In, you know, not you know, just relationships. I, as as this whole, when somebody wants something, I have a good friend of mine uh, was putting it to me this way, because a lot of people here are like, wait, so you guys were totes in love and she she bailed because you don't make enough money? That sounds really sketchy. And while it does on, to, a, to a certain extent, there's also other factors where it's like, you got to be true to yourself at the same time. So it's like, with your own priorities... Uh, my homegirl Sierra was telling me, she's like, for, for different people, there are different priorities. They don't have to match up for them, but they're still okay. She's like, for example, faith. There are some people who faith in their personal relationship with God or whatever that is, or the dedication to their faith mm-hmm. is the number one most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like money, romantic love, stuff like that is, is second to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's faith. And there's other people, it is career. It's the respect of their peers. It's it's their longevity. It's the work that they do. Yeah. You know, career is literally number one. Um, I'm an empathic character. Like, I definitely think the to love and be loved is, is, is pretty damn close to the top tier for me, you know? Um, and I think I could be poor with somebody and do that, you know? But I definitely, you know, have, have, have a drive, uh, you know, a, a need for... Well, what would it be if not that? I mean, why do you hesitate to say that? Because I, I want love from the masses as well, you know. Because I, I, I seek attention. What, and what does wanna, that mean? Success? Is that it becomes a different no, thing? I want to be able to use. I want to be able to use uh, my talents for good. If it's uh, and I think I do well in front of crowds. So if I can entertain or I can lead in some capacity, it'd be nice. 
fucking provide some levity. I don't know. Be a dark prophet of sorts. Be nice. But other people, but, it's, it's yeah. I mean, money is is, is another priority as well. Security. Money isn't security. it also maybe a bit of a cop out to just focus on the money aspect? Because, again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't you think it's possible if you were going out and trying to lead the masses every night and failing, you would have or maybe she would have been like, ah, what? I mean, you're trying. Yes. Well, that's part, part of me was like, wow, I really wish I knew some of this was more important to you. I could have been less complacent earlier on, <laughs> you know. I didn't really. It's, it really felt like this. It felt like the person I, I loved and was closest with in this world was like, "Hey, you know what? You need to try harder, and you really need to get your shit together." And and at the moment, I was like, "You know what?" And she's like, "Cause it's important to me." And I, at the moment, I was like, "You know what? You're right. I do need to try harder, and I do need to get my shit together. I can do that." And then she kicked me in the balls and ran away. <laughs> and then I was like, "Wow, it feels a lot harder to get my shit together." All of a sudden, I was feeling optimistic there for a sec. Were you though? Yeah, I was. She wanted the, not just for her, but she wanted you know me to be more fulfilled for me as well. Obviously, you know it's kind of a cliche, but uh, one of the best for me for me. And I think it's uh, damn, it's a good woman that that wants to push. Here's you in what I'm saying direction. though: you had that like two weeks or whatever, and you're saying like, oh well, we were still having the talks or whatever. But like, yeah, maybe to her going for it would have meant there's no way you're gonna let an additional two weeks go by regardless of the circumstances i I hear where you're going with that i think we were still like having the the dialogue about even what the plan was and stuff moving forward but the dialogue might have might be influenced by your actions as well right because for me i am constantly what, what is your point other than dan you should have sincere regret for not trying harder and you could have changed the whole course of this breakup had you not fucked up you step up to the plate. I'm early. saying maybe you still can. Maybe well, that's that's the goal, but at the same time, it's like it has to be for me now. I can't really. Well, call it for whoever you yeah. want. I, 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 I this like, is the this is the bottom line. There's if it comes like if you just break it down to ones and zeros, are you arguing for continuing to not give your all to something? No, or, no. I just want you to step off my nuts. All right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it should go without saying. Sometimes when people get advice, there's an implication that they are able to follow it. I, to be clear, that's oh, yeah. not what's. No, no. I this know is where, all only I know where you work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is only because these are my own thoughts that I feel are directly applicable. Yeah. No, but I, I also don't think that I, I don't think that that's a healthy thought process because what good does that do me? Like, oh, should I should I have stepped it up then? No, that's not. No, yeah. Maybe you should now. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, that's why I would do it here. Yeah, that's why I'm pursuing my, my artistic passions by doing this legitimate podcast. You know, over the weekend, I recorded the video for the Tiny Desk concert. It was good. I liked it. Oh, well, thanks. So you saw that. Okay. I subscribe to Miles's YouTube thing. Oh, thank you. I had that reticence though, because the perfectionist in me is like, uh, I don't like people throwing a bunch of stuff up on Facebook and YouTube. Well, that I'm part of which that's part. that's the thing. That's that's why I've been doing um, my other podcast, the Red Pill Transmission, um, as an exercise to make myself. I it happens like not every time. It happens. 
actually I think pretty highly of myself, but a good third of the time I'm like, I, this is, I'm not going to, this is going to make my overall catalog worse to put this out. And it is an exercise for me to put reasonable effort into it, but not take more than a day and just get it out there no matter what. Yeah. Because ultimately that is, I don't know why I say ultimately so much, but that is the skill in itself is being able to let go of it. And that's something I necessary, 100% necessary. And that's something I have to get, I'm still new to now is getting back to that style of like, Oh, even if you had a stand-up so that didn't go well, you know, good, the next night. Right. You know, I like, mean, whatever. that's a perfect example from yeah. what I understand about stand-up yeah. is y- you could be the best stand-up in the world and have a million stories about how terrible it's been. Yes. And you're not the best stand-up in the world unless you have a good handful of stories about how terrible it's been. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that's just classic material. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need some You'd be a fool to ignore. <laughs> yeah. Need some of those? Need some <laughs> racial stuff? <laughs> the difference between men and women is I have a soul. I was gonna say women aren't funny, but no, yours was better. I'm kidding. I think I enjoyed going into character because then it dampens that like I know when I say perfectionism thing yeah, because then I you're like things like women aren't funny in my own voice. I'm like, but did that sarcasm come across to our listener? I really hope it did. Hope it did, female listener. I respect you and you're hilarious. Remember that one you said about the dolphins? That was a knee slapper. Anyways, I don't remember it. Which one was it? Oh, it was when this guy pulled out and then he tried to put it back in in the wrong hole and she turned around and went. Ah, 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 ah. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's a dolphin joke. Actually, <laughs> is that a joke? Does that format? Or are you just describing exactly what would happen if someone tried to have sex with a dolphin? So, no, it's what they call the dolphin. I see. Okay, okay. It's one, That's, of, those it's one of those things. It's one like, of those terrible things. I gotcha. Those things were a big deal for a while. Those things were a big deal. The, the, the I want to say like... And the Dirty Sanchez's of the world. Yeah, the late but 90s. In the, and I always have to say, I most of them pretty physically abusive to women they're oh yeah like, and then you punch her in the face and you come in her eye and no absolutely you call it something and you're like what the fuck um and then uh but well that's why you don't hear them anymore that's why you don't hear them anymore because <laughs> people finally were like let's not no, let's be not, that no, terrible no, but i always liked the ones that i thought were uh mutually respectful now one I, could argue that the rusty trombone is not mutually respectful but again nobody's being coerced in this situation um, remind me rusty trombone Okay, um, insert sound effect. Does it involve shit? Arguably not. It's just that you're tossing a good salad. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And you give a reach around while you're doing so. That's it? Well, if you can get the, the visual of a trombone. Okay, I mean, okay. So, yeah, so that's funny. I get it. I mean, I get that why you would like it because it's actually a funny visual as opposed to just being like, and then you support the patriarchy. Get it? Yeah, 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 exactly. But so one of the ones that I liked that, uh, I mean, I definitely really liked that one. Mm-hmm. But then the, uh, the other one was the, because it, because either partner can do this and it's not abusive to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the pterodactyl. Now, whoever is on top, um, upon the culmination of their pleasure, mm-hmm. if you will, they, they gather up the sheets around them and then in, um, during their climax, uh, they, they, they flap their arms and go, <laughs> with the sheets. You see, look, making it look. Okay. Yeah. 
making a pterodactyl noise. Okay, so you're so, I, this is a totally different Again, type. It's not of abusive to anybody, and women can do it too. Right, so it's, that's why it's not funny, I guess. No, uh, I mean you try it and tell me it's not funny. Because the <laughs> you know what? Touche. <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, this, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I know. Of course, it'd be fun. It'd be fucking hilarious. It really would. It is. I guess that's the difference between there's a, like okay, while Jack. Ta- I'm sorry. Yeah, no, please. Well, just while I'm schooling our listeners on some sex tips, I feel like this should be a regular segment. Now that I think about it, because I have a lot of advice and love to give. Um, the female hummer. A lot of people, you people talk about like I don't know, you know, giving a blowjob and hum, humming while this happens, creating kind of a, a different sensation. Anyways, that's old hat. What I'm talking about is the female hummer. I'm talking about pursing your lips together, not unlike a trumpet player. I feel like we've talked about this before, but yeah. go yes. ahead. Yes, we have. Um, and humming. The, the Louis. Ah, oh, God, Louis Armstrong. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. You purse your lips together like a trumpet player and you hum and uh, creating a vibrating sensation in, in your lips. Now you do have to kind of think nasally here. Um, and, 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 and you, and you, you put the, <laughs> right. Cause it's weird. It was like some sensitive, some sensitive uh, spots uh, near and around and on the clitoris. And so you, uh, you basically, it involves a couple questions here though. Pitches vibrate at different frequencies. Right. So maybe you get out a pitch pipe and you'd be like, hey, honey, how do you feel about F? And she's like, mm, better make a G sharp. You crank it up a bit. Also, you could hum a tune. Right. Mm, something, sure. something to set the mood or something virtuosic like Flight of the Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> and if two lesbians are uh, 69ing, do you just assume top has harmony? These questions I want to answer, Steve Johnny. <laughs> Anyways, um, there's, there's some, there's been some, some direct research I've done on this. <laughs> I had some friends do some reconnaissance as well. And the uh it's not a closer, but it's nice to have in the bag of tricks. We're we talking about the Hummer. But okay. The female Hummer. It's I, not that that yeah. pink monstrosity that drives down sunset. No. <laughs> talking about something a little bit more tender. I don't know if there is a closer. I think that's the key. Just you just <laughs> you just throw everything. <laughs> Sure, sure. Don't get not? complacent. No, no. I will say that the, the all of a sudden humming, like a or a tune, if you will, it's a little disruptive in the silence, or maybe you have some music on in the background that could help as well. But you do have to be willing to not take yourself too seriously to pull it off to to sufficient extent. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you go with the song. Well, if you're laughing, you're like, yeah. And that thing yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah. What a wonderful world. Talking about vibrations. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty good. It sounds like... Are you, do you, like, breathe in when you do that? No. I do breathe in for the pterodactyl sound, though. <laughs> That's more like eagle in a canyon sometimes. Eagle? No, I can't do it. In a canyon? Did eagle, you... eagle in a canyon? You know, like, the distance? <laughs> That's too high. That's big. I can't do it right now. I'm very lost, but uh, okay. we can... No, um... What is it? What is, is this a southern thing? Some Louis song. You know, Louis Armstrong wrote, I think it, I forget which president, uh, saying legalize it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Legalize the reefer. It was like Wait. a letter he wrote to the president being like, yo, you need to cool it off. It's like, this stuff's good. Oh, I thought you were saying like the Peter Tosh song he oh. like wrote, no. legalize it. No, I'm not familiar with that. You've probably heard it, no, but you probably heard the Bob Marley version. Yes, probably. 
I would sing it for you, but it's exactly what you are picturing. Legalize it. That's it. Pretty much. Pretty catchy. Something about advertise it. I'm always high when I hear I don't remember oh, anything yeah, else. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Probably Rastafari I know. in there. I was so high, I was passing the duchy on the right-hand side. Well, okay. Um... Oh, yeah, we should do one of those Howard Stern things. So, ladies, if you just want to sit on a really large speaker, I'm going to hum and we can try. <laughs> yeah. And here's, oh, have you seen the movie Private Parts? Here's the thing is I'm going to have to do it until someone else calls in and lets us know that they're doing it. Can you just play that clip from Private Parts where he's doing this now? Can we edit that in? Sure. And for it during the hummer. Hello? Okay, Howard. How was it? Huh? How was it? It was you could feel it. You could? Yeah. I can't yeah. I can't stand the voice, Howard though. Re- you really? could feel that? Now you still can't stand that? Yeah. Please. Turn the volume up all I the way. Can't no, 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 no. You sound so nice. Your normal voice, and now you come with this little silly I don't know. Oh, it's awful. It's sick. It is awful, Howard. Well, I always felt I didn't have like a real radio voice, you know? Oh no oh, but you have a sexy voice. You mean nothing <laughs> happened to you? Feel it. I'm gonna give you the, the of, of my romantic relationship. I formulated the Judd Apatow comedy. Yes. So uh, there's there's I, the protagonist, who by all definitions is a Judd Apatow. I'm a man child, right? I'm in my early 30s. Um, I still need to discover myself. I'm poor. I'm a man child. Uh, I'm immature in a lot of ways. So I work at. Can I, can I interject you, you though? May. I think the only actual problem there is that you're poor. Like, I think, I'm again... I have a lot of other good things going on for me, Johnny. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, I know. I, I would not worry about things like that. If all of a sudden I, like, had my same job, but it made five times as much money, I would be less depressed. Because I'd be like, you know what? This is fine with this. Because yeah. I, I still have other things that I enjoy, but there's that base level of something, you know? Yep, yep, yep. I did. I did. Did made me when I was getting comforted in my heartache by a, a lot of, well, kind, kind-hearted women. They were saying, you know, um, are, we, are we talking about housekeepers? That's where my uh, mind yeah, went. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And, 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 uh, some other coworkers. Um, and they were saying that, uh, you know, a wealthy man is a lot easier to find than a good man, and you're a good man. It actually, if you said a wealthy guy is a lot harder to find than a good man, and that sounded nicer that way. And that was like, you know what? That is true. I am one of those. Yeah, you know? and this, this you're is, a good this guy. Is, this is recognized by the, uh, the but also women as well. To go back to my relative thing, where I say it's not that much more terrible, uh, as far as like maturity and stuff, like that is fucking. What does that even mean? Like I know I said what would it look like before with regards to money, but that really is like that doesn't even mean anything. I don't That's know. just a word. Like uh, there are so many. Like is Mark Zuckerberg like who uh, who is mature? Like uh, I feel that most men i know are less mature yes. than you are hey thanks so i i mean maybe fewer rape jokes but other than that <laughs> uh, oh. i'm just saying other things get conflated with yes it. yes and the sad thing about life is really if we just had more of these zeros in our fake bank account that exists online yeah. I did ask that too. I was like, what if I had the same amount of non-existent, like what if I was still 
complacent in my life and I didn't have a lot of direction and I still needed to figure that shit out. But my daddy was rich as hell and I had a lot of money and I could just like easily invest in real estate. Will that change things? I think that would change things. I mean, it would for me. I would yeah. be a lot happier. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I do actually know for a fact that this, uh, the studies show people aren't ha- or people aren't less depressed. No. But they have a lot fewer anxiety related disorders. So life is definitely easier. <laughs> I saw on on Sunset this billboard. I think it was, but uh, I don't know. It was of a high end person. Balenciaga, I think, was the name of this this high end purse thing. But I was driving past this billboard, and in it, it had like two frames of this, of this woman who was very very richly dressed. She had on like a a white posh jacket, but it was draped around her shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. she still had her arms. Her arms weren't through it. Mm-hmm. You know, and she had on those enormous bug sunglasses. Uh-huh. And uh, and just you know jewelry and the cashmere everything and it, and this guy in a suit that was like sticking his arm out in a gesture that looked like he was like a bodyguard like he's protecting her and she's very <laughs> important she's got a place to go and she okay. has her her perch her clutch all up by her chest and okay. the funniest fucking scowl like it, it was just like so rigid and so droopy in the jowls that it was just like. It was, it, I mean, it wasn't actively frowning, but was just like so pissed off and entitled and on her <laughs> way to somewhere that it just so was spot on every client that comes into our animal hospital. <laughs> it, but it was amazing because it was an advertisement for this purse that was like thousands of dollars. Right. And this woman in this, that had the purse in the advertisement is not happy. <laughs> so damn miserable yeah. with all of her money. And I, at first I thought, I said, that's a terrible advertisement. And then I go, no, that's exactly their target market. Yeah. Is this really angry? <laughs> like this isn't going to make me happier, but I have it as like a status thing anyways, while I'm on my way to do this other thing. That's also not going to fulfill me. Like it was all there in the advertisement. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. You could argue too, that like it is, there's varying levels of like how much, like where irony comes into play and things yeah, like that. Absolutely. So, I don't know. It was a subtle it, scowl. <laughs> okay, so not they're not going for any message. It didn't seem it, but it was. It was but nevertheless, it is displaying the same truth, whether they meant to or not. Which is, it's not going to make you happy, but it does, I guess, indicate a greater level of. Uh, sophistication because you've gotten money and now like you're at the next step where you're like oh this doesn't make me happy either yeah. if someone looks too happy it's like well we all know you know life is suffering as the buddha said so you must be newly rich because you haven't yeah. figured out yet that you're still going to be unhappy alec baldwin was asking jerry seinfeld about this in an interview question thing he was like you seem like he's voicing like a very put together guy you know, like, you're content, and Seinfeld's like, well, obviously. And he's like, well, it's, don't say obviously to every question I ask. He's like, he's like, it's like obviously, he's like like the uh, the adult way of saying, you idiot. <laughs> you know? But he's like, he's like, so, but you always seem kind of content, especially for a comedian, you know, really put together, like, sure of himself. And Seinfeld's like, well, yeah, I got the three things, you know, if a guy in my position wants. I got the respect of my peers, you know. I did some work. I have the respect of my peers. I, I, I wanted that. I have... Uh, Anytime I want to do a project, if I want to do something, I'm the guy, you know, I'm the top of the bill. Mm-hmm. It's my thing, you know, and if I want, anytime I want, I have an audience. I have a large audience. You know, they're waiting for me. That I is go do cool. that. He He's could like, send out a tweet and have yeah. thousands of He's people. He's like, I got... I got all those things that somebody like a performer like me wants. And he's like, so yeah, I'm pretty content. And he's like, 
And Alec Baldwin's like, yeah, I know that. He's like, but I know like so many success. I imagine Alec Baldwin's friends. He's like, I know so many successful people. And he's like, wow, these Stephen Baldwin, yeah. Billy Ray Baldwin. Exactly. He's like, and they're, they're, they're miserable. And he's like, so I don't, I don't know, but how do you have that? And he's like, so I was like, well, I think that's a true shame if to have done some life's work and not to have ingested any nutrients from it is a shame. And, and Alec Baldwin's like, yeah, not to like have garnished any well being from this thing that you've put a lot of work into. So I goes, uh, he goes, yeah, garnished is a better word than ingested. Alec Baldwin goes, obviously. <laughs> but it's, it, that to me has been true is that if we're like, that's guess what we're seeking now. It's like, well, fuck, if I got life's work, I guess. Some some type of fulfillment there if it's if it's going to be that, but it's also what we were saying before, which is just gratitude. Yes, there's probably plenty of other things. Respect of your and, peers, and I think I said this before, but Seinfeld has always he's never been like the uh, manic depressive comic. Like he has always had seemingly like a positive outlook on things and i'm sure that helped him to a great extent be as insanely successful as he is like yeah so i'm just saying gratitude is important because i think he probably he just wouldn't have had as good of an answer if he was asked that question 30 years ago but he probably would have had much of the same demeanor yeah he'd be like i have what i want i'm doing i'm making a living being a comic yep yeah um that's the thing. Making a living doing something you enjoy. Well, that also is something of a myth that it's important to remember. Yeah. Uh, like I was listening to a Maria Bamford thing yesterday where she, she uh, was talking about like finding something you love. And she's like, I didn't want to do this show tonight. This very show I didn't want to do. You never are just going to be loving everything that's going on, you know. She's so funny. Yeah, she's awesome. She'll actually be joining us next week as a special guest, actually, I heard. I mean, uh, our producer is full of shit, but I heard. Well, I'd say that's as good a place as any to uh, call it a day. You know, I think he's going to be just fine. What By the end of the episode, they were already being kind of douchey and making uh, litigiously irresponsible statements. I am putting it out there in the... You know how you can like put stuff out there in the universe? Um, that's what I'm doing as far as finalizing that Maria Bamford booking. It's not in, there's nothing in writing yet, but I definitely put it out there in the universe and, uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, producer Steven, can you cue that up real quick? It actually sounded, if you said a wealthy guy is a lot harder to find than a good man. And that sounded nicer that way. And that was like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, from the context I'm sure it's obvious, but I felt it was worth pointing out what was literally said there was, in fact, the exact opposite of what was intended. Rich men being more prevalent than good men. I couldn't get a hold of uh, the private parts clip, but the actual thing is so much funnier because it's... I don't think it got included, but it's... She's not using a big subwoofer, first of all, like in the movie. It's it's a radio alarm clock. And then she just ends up... Uh, when she comes in with, like, criticizing his voice, it's just so fucking funny. There was a lot covered here. I think there was a really good point in there that I, I want to conclude on. My homegirl Sierra was telling me, 
she's like for for different people there are different priorities they don't have to match up for them but they're still okay she's like for example faith there are some people who faith in their personal relationship with god or whatever that is or the dedication to their faith Mm -hmm. is the number one most important thing Mm -hmm. you know like money romantic love stuff like that is is second to that Mm -hmm. you know it's faith I'm an empathic character. Like, I definitely think... I have to say, I think uh, Homegirl Sierra really has the best insight here. I think it really cuts to the crux of it all. It is sort of a uh, Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glenn Ross type of walk-on scene-stealing thing here. It's really about what you prioritize. Um, I think there will necessarily be conflicts and differences between two people. And I think we talked about religion. I think that's a perfect example, not just of how that's some people's top priority, but how it isn't always. Uh, I was always sort of nonplussed by couples who they both identify as being religious, but they don't share the same religion, uh, which I just sort of wrote off as being sort of hypocritical. But it's also fair to say it's kind of a wonderful thing that there's something that is important to them something that is fundamental to the way they describe themselves, namely their religion, but there's something that is even more important, and that's the fact that they simply want to be with this other person. And does it have those elements of inconsistency or whatever? Absolutely, but that's not enough to make them forego being with this person. It It's not across the board about compatibility, which, I mean, obviously I don't know how those uh, dating sites design their algorithms, but I know uh, compatibility is like a bud- buzzword that they mention. Um, and I think to some extent it's worked its way into the way we think about things as the public. And I think, though not discounting the fact that it's important, I think it, I think making that the main focus is a very self-indulgent way to think of a relationship. It's a very lazy way to think of a relationship. But John, of course you feel that way, because you somehow miraculously get people to like you, even though uh, you don't have much tangible or concrete to offer. All right, that's enough. Get back in my subconscious. It's It's a very lazy way to think about life. You know, I I would hope, I mean... Assuming this is something that is important to you out there, I hope that we all find someone that you care enough about that it's awesome the things that you have in common and there's things you can work on and you should, but there's some core thing there that's enough to, you know, keep your faith in the relationship and work through those other things. Talking about, of course, uh, the size of your wiener. Good night, everyone! You can just go out and start failing. In many ways, need... I feel like I already have. <laughs> you don't need to finish, you know, whatever the, the talk is. Yeah. Or have closure on something. Yeah. You can just go out right now and start failing. Don't try to inspire me, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most inspirational thing I've ever said. I know, you I know. You can go out right now and I'm just start failing.